You're listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, episode 287. Hey there, you amazing human, and welcome to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, the podcast that is designed for female entrepreneurs who want to make more money in a way that is in alignment for them. If you're looking for practical advice, proven strategies, and expert insights to help you navigate the challenges of growing your business, then you've come to the right place. Welcome, my friend. I am your host, Angela Henderson, a proud Canadian living in beautiful Australia, and I'm a business coach, consultant, and strategist who has helped thousands of women around the world build successful businesses. Through solo episodes and interviews with successful business owners, industry experts, and thought leaders, you'll get insider insights into what it takes to succeed in today's digital age. Whether you're struggling to scale your business, looking for ways to boost your productivity, or seeking ways to overcome the challenges of being an entrepreneur, this show has everything you need to succeed and more. So subscribe, pop your headphones on, and get ready to creating the business and life you deserve today by allowing the Angela Henderson Online Business Show help you create a winning strategy, develop the right mindset, and build lasting wealth. Hello, hello there, you amazing human, and welcome back. I hope you are having a brilliant day. I know I am. Today's podcast topic is something I've never actually chatted about on the podcast, though I chat often about this with my peers and my clients, etc. And so, you know, after five years of podcasting and realizing that I've never had someone come on and share this particular topic, mastering the art of cold sales emails to help you get more clients, I thought, hell yes, to bringing Laura on the podcast today. Laura is joining us all the way from the amazing Denver, Colorado, which is Denver as a city. The state is Colorado over in the US of A, and she is a cold email maverick. She helps service providers and solopreneurs send cold and pitch emails that get new clients without the sleaze or big time suck. I'm all about that. Four months after launching her business, she grew up by 1,400%. And signed a $20,000 client from just cold emails. She has since helped her clients get their next big 10K, 25K clients with cold emails using her powerful method, which she calls the relevancy method. So on the podcast today, Laura is going to come and share her knowledge. We're going to dive into her relevancy model. Uh, We're also going to talk about which businesses are suited best to do this particular strategy for the business. She also shares a case study and so much more. So get ready for an amazing, amazing episode. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I am excited to be here. I am super excited to have you here today because we're going to talk about a subject that I actually haven't talked about on the podcast. And after podcasting for five years, I love having new and exciting topics to talk about. And we're going to talk about in the kind of your zone of genius, cold sales emails, and why these are kind of like the new and upcoming marketing strategy. It's been around for a while, but it's kind of not really, I guess, had its positive light maybe shone on it as much as it could have been. And I know that this is like your zone of genius. So I'm thrilled today for us to be able to talk about this. But before we get into this amazing topic, I always like to ask my uh, the guest who's coming on the podcast a fun question so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. So my fun question for you is when I was doing my research and I was over on your Instagram page, I can see that you love the library and that you have a love of books. And so my question to you is, is what is your all-time favorite book and why? Oh my gosh, you're asking me to pick a favorite. That's like <laughs> asking a mom to pick her favorite child. I mean, uh, that's a tricky one. Ooh, um, I would have to say that my favorite book kind of changes uh, depending on the season of life that I'm in and the mood that I'm in. Uh-huh. But one that I keep kind of thinking about 
which usually determines whether or not it's kind of one of those perennial favorites, is actually called The River by okay. Peter Heller. Uh-huh. It came out a few years ago. It is fantastically written. Um, and it's a really good story. It's about two young men who go on this, I think it's a kayak, a kayaking journey in deep in Canadian wilderness and a forest fire happens. And it is beautifully written. There's like rising strings of tension, like the rising violin strings. Kind yeah. Of. It's building, building, building. I read it flat out in like two days. A wow. And it's, it's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. Well, no, that's good. It's, it's always good to hear different books also that are not business related, right? People, we don't yeah. always have to be thinking about business. You can have hobbies outside of your business. You can read books outside of business. You can watch Netflix outside of business, you know? So I absolutely love that you've given us a book that's not just business related. Now yeah. the listeners today might be like, who is Laura? We don't know this lady. Why is Ange bringing her on the podcast? So tell the listeners a little bit about you and a snapshot about like where you're from, what you get up to, how do you help business owners kick ass just so that they've got an opportunity to know a little bit more about you. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Laura Lopich and I'm a cold email and pitch expert. That means I help people write winning cold emails. And I run a training company that helps service providers and solo entrepreneurs or one person businesses, Mm -hmm. write those cold emails that get them new clients in the door quickly. I live in Denver, Colorado in the United States uh, with my three boys. They're under the age of seven at the time of this recording. Yes. Two very old dogs. They're age like 14 and 15. So we've got like both ends of the spectrum here. Oh my goodness. Um, And three boys. Do you know what I mean? Two dogs and a business. I mean, that is definitely, you know, it is the it is a juggle, but yes. it doesn't have to be hard also. Do you know what I mean? I think we can put into this notion like, okay, yes, my plate is full, but there's still beautiful things that happen with that plate being full. Would you agree? I love that. I love that. I've been trying to remind myself that I need to stop and enjoy this, this time of my life. My mm-hmm. kids are only going to be this age at this moment in time. My dogs are only going to be here who knows how much longer, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm only going to be here in this moment for a little bit longer. So how can I find the joy? How can I actually enjoy my life instead of rushing through it all the time Mm -hmm. and stop and play trains on the floor for a little bit and find that joy? I'd be okay with it. And I know we, on, a, on the podcast, I talk often a lot about, you know, like finding the joy, finding gratitude every day and things like that. But I was, and I probably said this a couple of times, but I was reading something recently where it said like, by the time your kids get to 18, they will have spent 91% of the time that they will ever spend with you. And I was like, that's like, that's a big call, you know, 91% out of a hundred, you know, you're telling me I only get 9% of them after they turn 18. And obviously there's variables and things like that, but I was like, it makes sense. You know, they go off and explore the world. They go and do their thing, whatever. Then they get their own family. So there is very minimal time that we will have with them just because they go and live their own life. So I too have been pondering like, what else can I do to infuse more fun and more joy into my world? Because again, the time does go so fast. I couldn't agree more. And a lot of it is the time is actually for you as the parent. Like, Mm. sure, they, they reap the benefits of spending a lot of time with you but you're the one harvesting the memories. So Mm -hmm. 
you know, they are going to go off and do amazing things. Like if you think about your own life, you know, mm. you have a select few memories from that time, your childhood and growing up yours, but you make a lot more memories after you leave the house. Mm. So really the time right now is for you as the parent and having little kids is stressful, but really, mm. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I wouldn't trade it. <laughs> totally. 100%. Now kids to cold emailing right? That is what we are talking about today. (laughs) Sending cold sales emails to get more clients. And so I'm curious, just so that we can all be on the same page, what is the difference between a cold sales email to get more clients and say, sending out a regular newsletter, just so that everyone's very clear about this topic? Yeah, this is a great question. And I'm glad you like led off with this question because it'll help everyone get on the same page, as you said. So A cold sales email is an email that you're sending to a stranger, someone you don't know, you haven't really met, and you're asking them to take a specific action. Usually it's, you know, get on a call with me or let me know if you're interested in what I'm pitching you Mm -hmm. in this email. It's not, hey, I love you. Let's go get married. We're Britney Spears in the 1990s, right? It's not, you don't usually get a sale off of a cold email is Mm -hmm. what I'm saying. You're not converting someone into a client on a cold email. That's actually what the sales call is for. Mm -hmm. Rather, the cold email is you're figuring out if this person could be a good client or not. Mm -hmm. So compared to a regular, like say, email marketing, email, newsletter, email, the difference, the big difference is that you're sending that email marketing email to a list of people who have raised their hand or opted in to hear from you. Versus mm-hmm. the cold email, you've selected this person to get your email. Um, they haven't opted in. So you have to approach them with a, a different strategy because they you're kind of knocking on a closed door versus the open door with like mm. a newsletter email. So you you can't you can't approach it the same way you would a newsletter email because mm. with the newsletter email, you can very well get a sale off of it. I have many times and I'm sure you have as mm. well. But you can't go into a cold email with that same expectation of, I send this email, I'm going to make a million dollars or whatever the you know common, um, take my laptop to the beach and I'm going to work from home. Right, totally. Right, that idea, it doesn't work. I know people, I'm just saying about Australia, for example, yeah. and this question comes up is, you can't add people to an email list legally in Australia. Do you mean I can't? I don't know what the rules are in America, for example. But I'm sure you can't. You can reach out to them once. Do you know what I mean? Without being, if from what I, and again, I'm not a lawyer, so I'm putting a full disclosure statement here. I'm not a lawyer, so please check with your legal team on this. Do you know what I mean? But, yes, please. but again, again, I just always like to say that because if I give a financial <laughs> advice, I'm also not an accountant. All right. But I'm curious to know. Like I, for example, you and I, this is yeah. how we met. We met and there's a, well, there's this kind of similar, but different. There's a collaboration group that we were in and I messaged you cold outreach. Do you know what I mean? To explore how we yep. can partner together. Yep. Now, in my opinion, and I'd be curious to know what your opinion is, is that one email, if you responded back, which you did, it clearly we're here today and we're doing a few things together. Do you know what I mean? That conversation yep. continues. But if I wouldn't have heard back from you, I probably would have followed up one other time because sometimes it can go to spam, do you know what I mean, or whatever. And then I would have let it go, all right? Because 
If not, that's where I think, again, I'm not a lawyer. You could get in trouble. Do you mean by just continuing to like hound that person? Is that like your perception too? Like where does those boundaries come in? Do you know what I mean with that? Yeah. And this is a great question. I, first of all, definitely check with your country's they're usually called spam laws in the U.S. It's called the Can Spam Act, I think. Um, but definitely check with your country because there are requirements as to what you need to put in an email, what um, happens if someone says, take me off your list, all those things. So definitely check with your country's laws around that. Mm-hmm. But I would say, usually when I'm sending a cold sales email, I make it a one-to-one email. Yes. First of all. Yeah. Um, so don't follow the, like what I call the spray and pray approach where you're, <laughs> you've got like a list of anyone who A, has a heartbeat, B, has an email address and C, has a business and I'm going to email them every day, right? Mm-hmm. That's definitely bad practice. Yeah. So yeah. I would say to answer your question, definitely send follow-up emails. And when you send follow-up emails, keep in mind that that person's inbox is super busy. It's like, now it's like New York square, Times Square Uh on New Year's Eve, right? It's crowded. It's packed. There's people screaming. There's people doing who knows what everywhere. So think about your your recipient's inbox like um, Times Square. And how can you help your email be relevant to your recipient, first of all, and stand out? Mm -hmm. Chances are you're not going to get an open or reply on the first to send the first email. So you do need to follow up. And you need to follow up and keep it in the same thread. So you get that, that super trustworthy RE in the subject line without having to pull any kind of spammy or skeezy tricks. Yeah, no, perfect. Cause I was just thinking about that. Cause I know Australia's are very, I mean, tight with the rules, but I'm also a believer that like, if you're just genuinely reaching out to someone as a one-off type of situation, it's different to adding them to your ongoing email list where they haven't given you permission for that. Because anyone can pick up the phone and have a conversation. Like look at telemarketers, prime example, do you know what I mean? They pick up the phone, they have a conversation. You then simply say, hey, no more. And I believe, do you know what I mean? When like partnerships and things like that that I do is it's just a conversation specifically for them versus that spray and pray. So that's cool. It was just a question that as you were talking came into my mind. Now for those, some people... And I'm going to back up to visibility, actually, before I ask my next question. There are so many different ways to gain visibility. And I talk often about this, do you mean, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And visibility equals traction. And when you have visibility, you can put things in front of people. And if you can put your offers or products in front of people, you're going to make more money. But why, in your opinion, is cold sales emails the way to go versus continuing, say, posting and doing reels on Instagram? Do you see different benefits with cold sales emails? And if so, what do those look like? Yeah, cold sales emails give you back control over who you're working with, who your clients are. I think of it as like captaining your own ship. You are suddenly steering the direction of your business towards that island. I want to go to Bermuda. I don't want to go to Indonesia, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you're setting a course for that client that you know, A, has a problem that you can fix and B, probably has a budget that you can fit into. So you won't get, you won't get like, oh, this is an awesome project and wah, wah, you yeah. can't afford me. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Which is awful. So. Cold emails give you that 
that ability to steer your direction towards the projects, towards the clients that you want to work with. And social media doesn't have that same, that same benefit. You are a little bit more employing the spray and pray approach where you're, you're sending out a message and you're hoping that the right people see it, first of all, and second, kind of self-identify, and then third, reach out to you before they get distracted with the next thing. Mm-hmm. And again, and that's the thing is distraction. We live in yeah. a busy space right now, you know, busier than ever before, which much to my disgust, right? Like people don't <laughs> know how to slow down. It's something I talk often with my clients, right? We we have to be able to slow down and enjoy the moments. Life is just going way too fast. You know, I thought we would have learned a little bit more during COVID and the importance of slowing down, but I feel we've only sped up tenfold since COVID came. And so you know, this distractibility is key and you've got to be able to get in front of these individuals, right, in a way that feels light and easy and non-salesy so that they do you know, want to connect with you. And but again, but if they're distracted, we're going to run into problems. So, again, I love that you brought that up. Now, some people listening might be like, I'm not too sure about this. Right. Like this is like I'm not too sure if this is a hell no or a hell yes. It's not feeling right for me. My question there is, is a lot of times things might not feel right for us, not because we don't want to do them, but because we've just never done them before, right? We don't know how to do them, for example. So for me, my question is, is for what strategies can you recommend for the sender, such as myself or such as the listeners, to overcome their fear and hesitation in relation to embracing uh, and adapting cold sales emails to their overall uh, business strategy? Yeah, basically start from the the spot of how can you help them? Mm -hmm. Really, that's all that a cold sales email is doing. You're saying, I see you've got this problem. It's kind of evident because, right, I'm an expert and I've done this a couple of times before and I have learned to spot the symptoms of this particular problem. You have this problem and I can solve it for you. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the cold email essence. It's you have you know, a date night with your husband this weekend. Sounds like you need a movie recommendation. Mm -hmm. I've been to the movies recently. Let me recommend some movies for you. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Right. That problem solution. So once you start to approach a a cold sales email from that mindset versus I got to make a sale, I got to close this person. I got it. I got it. Got it. Right. That mindset puts you in this scarcity mindset. Everything shuts down and you really can't you can't think outside the box. Your creativity shuts down. Everything shuts down. But when you start thinking about how can I be the solution for this person's problem? What is their problem? What does it look like? How much is it costing their business mm. and in monthly revenue, in yearly revenue by not fixing this problem? Suddenly your mind starts to open up and the pressure releases. And that's when you can start really getting creative and also start not feeling like it's about you because really the email is not about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds harsh, but the email is really about the person that you're sending it to. So how can you show up as that person's solution? Cause that's what they're looking for. Whether they know it or not, they likely are somewhat aware of the problem that you can potentially solve. They just don't know where to find the solution because man, the internet's huge these days. And Google can only give you so many results before you get lost down a rabbit hole or Mm. suddenly your whole night is ruined, right? Because you've been obsessing on this one thing. But I know for me, I've had problems and 
on a couple situations, someone has popped into my inbox with a solution and I've said yes to them because mm-hmm. they have the solution that I need. I just didn't know where to find it. So yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, that's all your cold email is doing. It's providing a solution, providing that movie recommendation, right? Mm-hmm. And how can you solve this person's problem? So really your email doesn't even have to be about you all that much. It has to be mostly, I would say like 75 to 80% of what you're going to be putting in that email has to do with the person that you're sending it to. Mm-hmm. What's their problem? How can I solve it? And I love that because I think often everyone's looking, again, I say this all the time for the next transaction, it's about them. But I believe, and there's a really great book that I talk often about. It's my favorite book, The Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Do you know what I mean? Where they talk about if you lead with value, you will become profit- profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, So when you lead with value, you lead with solutions, you lead with all of that for the other human. How can this not be a win-win for your business? How can it not help you grow? And how can it also not leave you feeling good about what you're doing when you're providing solutions for people versus solutions for you? So I love, didn't mean that that's the angle that you've taken. Now, there might be people after kind of of started listening and kind of starting putting these things together going, you know what? Um, I can see how I would be willing to test this in my business. I can see how there's a different way of thinking about increasing my visibility and connecting and leading with value for humans. My question though is, is how important is it to, for like, say me, for example, or the listener to research and understand the target audience. So the people that we're going to reach out to through these cold emails before sending them. And are there any, like, do you suggest any ways of gathering relevant information or other methods that would allow us to understand who we should target and who we shouldn't? Yes. First of all, please research who you're, who you're writing to. There's a human on the other side of the screen that's reading your email. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely research is hugely important. And I think often it's kind of glossed over and skipped over mm-hmm. and we go, we rush right to writing the email, but it's so hard to write a compelling cold email to someone that you've never met. If you didn't take the time to figure out who's reading that email. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I use what I've called uh, the relevancy method here. And that is you have to be ultra relevant to your recipients, hopes, dreams, and fears in your cold email. Mm-hmm. And it goes deeper than personalization. Personalization is kind of like the icing on the cake. Um, so it, it, personalization is like first name. If I were writing to you, be like, hey, Angela, love your podcast. You do great work. I'd love to be a guest right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It's superficial. It kind of tastes good, but it kind of gives you a stomach ache at the same time. Totally. <laughs> yep. So relevancy is deeper. Relevancy is specific. It would be more like, Hey, Angela, I love your podcast, the online business show. And this particular episode number, blah, blah, where you interviewed this particular guest got me redesigning my business because of what you said here. Mm-hmm. See how much meatier that is. Totally. It's way deeper, right? So when you use relevancy in your cold email, it's going to land much better. It won't get deleted. You'll likely get a, a response. Mm-hmm. Um, it increases your chances for a reply. But above that, you can't write a relevant email that gets a reply if you don't know who you're writing to. Exactly. So yeah. You have to figure out who that person is 
Um, you have to figure out how do you make a connection with that person? Do you, are you like with your cold email to me? It's a great example. Actually, we belong to the same group. We hadn't met, but you use that point of connection to warm me up to you basically. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So and even, I mean, find- you could also even think about today, you know, with the yeah. podcast, for example, I made sure that I went looking on your socials, look kind of di- diving a little bit deeper to say like, what, what's important to Laura, you know, uh, in order to welcome her on the show and for people to get to get to know her, uh, which was around, you mean, say, for example, the books, you know, and the library that you talked about, I think it was like you said, the librarian, you know, there's a problem when the librarian brings two bags of books out your way and you had a stack of books, right? Like it doesn't take that much longer to go and find something really that is meaningful and specific to people. But I think people just always want the shortcuts. And I think people want immediate gratification. And I think people aren't People are almost becoming lazy. Now, I'm not saying you as a listener are lazy, but I think people are always looking for these shortcuts. Mm. Shortcut this, shortcut this, and shortcuts can work. AI is an example. AI is a great shortcut when used correctly, but it can also really screw you when used incorrectly, right? And I think that like cold um, sales emails is the same way when done correctly and meaningful and leading with love and leading with value and that it can work really well. But when it's done bad, it can really compromise your brand, your overall business and potential, etc. Now, yes. you mentioned the relevancy method. And I do want to talk a little bit more about that now that we kind of understand how important it is for people to make sure that they understand their target audience and who they're emailing. I know four months after launching your business, you grew it by 1,400% and signed a $20,000 client from just cold emails. In addition, I know that you've helped clients get their next big 10K or 25K clients with cold emails using what, again, you call your relevancy method. Can you share with us a little bit more in depth the relevancy method? Yes. So really... Like we talked a little bit about it, right? How do you be relevant to your recipients' um, hopes, dreams, and fears in your email? But really, we need to get a little, little bit deeper into it. And how does your solution impact their business? And if you can tie your solution to an external event that's happening inside their business. So what I mean by that is, is somebody having a launch and you write launch emails or you write sales pages, how can they are going to be maybe looking for a new copywriter? Sometimes people like to change it out for launches, try new things. Maybe they need a new sales page to A-B test against the other one, right? That for you is an opportunity to pitch that person and, and just have a conversation around what kind of problem you can solve for them. Mm-hmm. And a big thing is, you also want to figure out um, really like what's going on in their world that would make them say yes. And a large part of that is kind of the stages of awareness. So there's three main stages, unaware, which nobody, you know, your recipient has no clue about the problem, about the solution, about you. They're like, my website from 1994 works perfectly. Like, why would I upgrade? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then you have problem aware, which is usually where you want to hit someone um, with a cold email. So they're aware that they have a problem, but they're not quite aware of maybe what impact that problem is having on their business. 
And then the third stage is solution aware. So this is where they know that they have a problem and they're actively looking for a solution. If you you want to try and time your cold email in that problem aware or that solution aware stage based on what's going on externally in their in their business. So mm-hmm. are they gearing up for something big that you can help them with? Um, I keep coming back to like launches because it usually people start to build up where they have like a yearly launch around one time, but it also works for websites. You know, does someone have an outdated website and you're a website designer and you can help them move from problem aware to solution aware stage because that will, there is one more stage after that, which is most aware. And they're, that's usually when they're ready to buy, ready to convert. But that stage does not happen in a cold email. That stage happens through a sales conversation, probably through a proposal and subsequent conversations with someone. But really, how can you be relevant to that stage of awareness that someone's in? And how can you tie your solution to their business? And one of their big business goals, which is either make more money, save more money, or look cool to clients or colleagues or a boss if they happen to have one, if you're pitching someone like that. So really being relevant is that core driver behind a winning sales email. I know. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, even with whether or not it's a cold email app to a client or whether or not it's a cold email app for partnerships, right? Because I also know that you work with partnerships. Is In my experience of partnerships, people either want more money, they're driven by ego, or they're driven by status. And understanding what they're driven by also frames how I outreach to those particular people, right? Because I've got to meet them with what they want, not what I want. And understanding that it's typically, in my experience, status, ego, money. Well, I get it's made the biggest difference when I outreach to these particular people. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And it, it is true. So if you can hit one of those main drivers in your email and create a win-win scenario, that's that's very compelling. I mean, how could you say no? And with cold emails, for example, is it relevant to every business? Like, is it relevant? Because obviously this is service. I work with online businesses or service-based businesses, but is this relevant to almost any type of business or only certain types of businesses that you see this work? And is it best to do cold emails or is it best to do say outreach like in LinkedIn? Like what are kind of some of the, yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, if we're going with the general definition of cold email, where you're sending an email to a stranger to ask them to do a specific thing, cold emails work for any business because um, like partnership emails, partnership Mm -hmm. pitch emails fall under that umbrella of cold email. And in fact, I actually just got a, a potential new client and she's looking for help in producing her documentary and wanting to use cold emails with that, which is mm-hmm. really interesting and something I hadn't hadn't considered. But there's lots of different ways to use cold email in your business. Basically, mm-hmm. is there someone that you want to work with? Do you know that person? No, yeah. maybe you should send them a cold email. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to your question about LinkedIn, I would recommend that you probably not uh, use LinkedIn for this just because I know personally when I log into LinkedIn, I'm kind of bracing myself to get pitched constantly. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, removing yourself off the platform and making again more personalized and email is going to be much more personalized and it's probably going to be seen versus doing going with the masses in LinkedIn. 
Totally. Definitely. And also you get more um, analytics and tracking available inside an email. LinkedIn's gotten a lot better in recent years, but still it's very easy to lose track of a conversation within your LinkedIn DMs and stuff. Um, And I think I saw a stat that said over 90% of people will check their email first thing in the morning. So you kind of want to be where people are checking, which would be the inbox. Totally. And, you know, email, how do I say this? There's just a feeling with emails, right? That you can't really get as much. You can still get a feeling on social media, but if people allow you into your inbox, they're allowing you into their home is how I look at it. Um, And when they allow you into your home, there's this better, in my opinion, a better level of connection, intimacy, relevancy, you know, all of that. Now in your, I'd love to know before we start to wrap up this episode is, can you share with us a client that has used your relevancy framework and had success with that? Yes. Uh, One of my clients, Adam, he's a B2B SaaS conversion copywriter. So he works with software companies on writing their landing pages and he's used cold emails really successfully. In fact, he used a cold email to create an affiliate uh, partnership where another bigger copywriter would refer his overflow to Adam. And this worked really well because then Adam took this, this one client that came out of that relationship and he's worked with him repeat times, earned up to $12,000 on the last time I checked in with him. And this client really wants to work with him on a retainer basis, which is mm-hmm. perfect for Adam's business model and his goals. And the the cooler thing is, is this bigger copywriter, that relationship is still open. I think of it as like a, a window that Adam's opened up into his business where future referral clients, referred clients could come in through that window into Adam's business because he's taken really good care of this first referred client mm. from the big copywriter. But that window doesn't really close. It's it's still open. And so that's the cool thing about cold emails is you're really starting relationships. However you choose to use cold emails, whether it's a cold sales email in you know pitching a one-to-one client or it's like a partnership pitch email where you're pitching someone to maybe do a podcast interview like this, or mm-hmm. maybe set up a referral relationship like Adam did. But those are all like little relationship threads that you've created. And it's, I think actually post COVID more people are starved for connection. So the more relationships you can start and the more connections you can, you can do, it makes First of all, being an online business owner, a little bit less lonely. And second of all, it it feeds into our human desire for connections. That's what how we're wired. And I couldn't agree more with that. I think connection is where it needs to be. I talk often about human to human marketing, the experience and interaction one faces with a particular brand. And I feel more, and I've said this over the last few weeks, actually, on the podcast is more than ever before with AI kind of coming into play because people are going to want to be seen and heard and connected as human to humans more than ever before. And it's the one thing that AI can never take away from us ever, you know, uh, is that they cannot take away voice. They cannot take away a a human hug. Yes, there's robots coming out there and all that, but a robot hug is never going to be 
like a human hug ever, you know? So I think it's so important. Now, this has been a fascinating episode because I just love that there's another angle that I feel people are probably missing. And these are, there's a lot of research I'm doing at the moment about where are the gaps in the market versus all the traditional, right? And I think this is one of the things that gets underestimated and underutilized and can be extremely powerful for businesses out there. I know I'm currently doing this with partnerships. We've got, oh gosh, we'd have close to 50 partnerships in the bag at the moment. Do you know what I mean? With another 50 in the works type scenario. And it's because of reaching out via cold emails and being relevant is that has allowed us that opportunity to be able to build these relationships. And again, you're one of those examples where you and I are now doing different things together um, to support each other because again, we're relevant to each other and it makes sense for us to do this. So for those listeners out there that are like, oh, I want to know a little bit more about this. I'd like to dive a little bit deeper. Where can they find you, uh, find you and your services? Yeah, you can find me at lauralopich.com, just my name. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll put out a word of warning. I'm an email geek. So if you want my best stuff, I highly recommend you sign up for my email list. And because I'm not, I don't invest a lot of time into social media. Um, for a couple of the reasons that we talked about here today, but really uh, the emails are where it's at. Mm-hmm. And I did put together two pitch email templates just for your listeners, Angela. Yes. So those are found at lauralopish.com forward slash Angela Henderson. Mm-hmm. And so those are two actual templates that you can plug and play with. And then you also get two real life pitch emails. So you, that I've sent and used successfully. So you can kind of see like, the before and then the after of the the quote finished house, the finished email of what your email could look like. Um, but feel free to take it in the direction that you need to take it with, because that's the fun part with the templates. So put your personality into them. And we'll make sure that those templates, again, again, obviously Laura's just giving you the address, but we'll make sure that those are also in the show notes too, so that they're easily accessible also. Now, one final question that I always like to ask my audience is, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started out in business? Oh, that's a good question. I am trying to think as quickly as I can. (laughs) I would say that if you are kind and respectful, you can reach anybody in the world using email. It's incredible Mm -hmm. that people that I've connected with using cold email, for example, Ryan Holiday, he's an, a New York Times bestselling author, quite a few books. Chris Gullibo, another author. Selena Sue, she's the creator of Impacting Millions. Joanna Weeb of Copy Hackers. I've been invited to speak on stages because of an email that I've sent people. Um, so I would just say, remember that there's another person on the other side of your email. And how can you be kind and how can you connect with that Mm -hmm. person? Because the world is so much smaller than you ever thought it was. And Mm -hmm. email is the way it is smaller. It is so small. And again, reputation is everything, right? Reputation. But again, I love, and you speak my language when you talk about kindness. (laughs) People again, want things really, really quickly. But when you leave with kindness and when you leave with love, you are here for the long-term game, in my opinion, in business. Um, And that's, I genuinely believe the reason why I am where I am is that I've always led with kindness and love. 
and it's taken me longer. I haven't gotten quicker to the meaning of business as some of my peers have. Not to say that they aren't kind, right? But what I'm saying is for me and as a human design projector, for example, and smaller intimate groups, you know, that level of intimacy, that kindness and love is what's most important to me. And if I die tomorrow, I genuinely would feel that there would be people at my funeral and that's what they would lead with, you know, and being mindful about what are people saying about you when you're not in a room with them? Are they praising you for your kindness and your connection and your love? Are they like, oh, stay away from that one, you know, and all these things factor in. It's a compound effect. It all factors into our overall business growth, whether or not you believe it does or not. It truly, truly does. Yes. So yeah. So no, so thank you so much for today. I really appreciate you being able to come on board uh, today at time of recording. It's morning, obviously, here in Australia, but you're going into evening over in Denver. So thank you for making the time and space. This has been great. And I just love that it's another avenue for businesses to start to look at. I'd strongly encourage you to reach out to Laura. She's a phenomenal human being. Like I said, we've only just recently met, but the more I get to know Laura and the more I get to look at her work, the more I'm like, this is a good person doing good things. So if this is a strategy that you want to implement, I'd strongly encourage you head to her website, download those templates and get ready to rock and roll. But for now, just a reminder that my team and I will be putting together the show notes for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au, where again, we'll include all the links for Laura. And don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or Apple so that you can be the first to know when a new episode is released. And if you haven't already left me a review, please do so because it puts a smile on my dial. But for now, you amazing human, have a great day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me for another episode of the Angela Henderson Online Business Show. Thanks again, Laura. Thanks, Angela. Thanks for listening to the Angela Henderson Online Business Show, www.angelahenderson.com.au.